Let's bring in our friend Dale Coinga. He is the president of the Metropolitan Milwaukee Association of Commerce. He is with us live in the studio. Dale, good to see you. Thanks for being here. Always good to be with you guys. So we want to run through a couple different topics. Let's start with Governor Evers signing a bill providing a grant to support Wisconsin's regional biohealth tech hub. Explain the bill and why this is a big deal. Well, you know what we need more of is we need more stories that politicians of both sides of the aisle are working together. And that happens more than you hear about because there's probably less news than that. But what's really cool is that the federal government said, hey, there's the power of clusters. A certain part of our parts of our country have certain uh, clustering of economic activity, and it works well for our country when those uh, cluster geographic regions come together and make something happen. So here in southeast Wisconsin, the biohealth tech, uh, recognized a biohealth tech hub, and uh, Senator Tammy Baldwin's been a lead on this in Washington, D.C., and the the WDC, Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation, said, hey, let's all organize. Let's not all do this like piecemeal here and there. Let's all come together and do one plan. And so that happened. Our M7 was part of that, among many other organizations. But in Madison, uh, Republicans and Democrats came together. In both houses, only one dissenting vote. We'll ignore that person. <laughs> and everyone else came together. And Governor Evers signed and said, yeah, we'll put a little money towards this as well because we want to make sure that companies like GE Healthcare in this space, that we bring those high, uh, high earning jobs that have a great mission, uh, that those are right here in Southeast Wisconsin. So we have a very, very strong, uh, we won the first round of that award from the federal government. I think we're going to see a lot of momentum on that going forward. Jobs that you can raise a family on. Yeah, absolutely. Those are very high, well-paying jobs and like they're meaningful jobs. I mean, they're jobs that lead to technology that saves lives. And we're talking about also St. Augustine Prep. They're going to open up their K-4 through 12 at Cardinal Stritch. That was a really big story when they closed and some people didn't know where to go. So it's a big campus. And I was thinking, what are they going to do with it? So this is kind of a relief. Yeah, we got to talk more about higher education, where that's going. But uh, unfortunately, a lot of these smaller schools, like the Cardinal Stretches, are under enormous financial pressure for a lot of different reasons. And a great story that came out of that in the Milwaukee region is that the Ramirez family, who was in the manufacturing space, they own a company called Husco. They, you know, really use their uh, resources that they gained through those investments through the years and say, we want to start a school. So they started a school on the south side of Milwaukee called Aug Prep, which has just been crushing it, changing lives, uh, raising stands for educationally while also addressing character issues and uh, raising fine, uh, good people with families that are involved. They're going to do the same on the northwest side of Milwaukee at the old Cardinal Stritch campus. So they wanted to go really fast. You know Gus Ramirez, he's a mover, he's yep. a shaker. Let's go, let's go tomorrow. And they found out that that buildings, the buildings there, a lot of them were for colleges, different sprinkler systems, different standards. So they had to delay a year. But the good news is the investment's going to be over $100 million. So if you know someone that wants to make an impact in education, uh, that school plus Hope Christian Schools is doing a big announcement as far as the additional things they're doing there with the additional state money for voucher schools. So a lot of exciting things happen. At St. Augustine, how big a school will it be? How many students? What scope is this going to be? Is it going to be a little tiny private school or are they going to grow this thing pretty big? We're talking about 2,000 plus students. Wow. So to give that context, that's that's actually more than Cardinal Stritch had full time Holy cow. Uh, in a couple of years. For the, so it's, it's a college camp. I mean, I went to Lakeland University. Uh, for undergrad. And so it's bigger than the undergraduate population at yeah. Lakeland during the day. So it's going to be a sizable and it needs it. If you look at where the biggest challenge in Milwaukee, it's that Northwest side. So Cardinal stretches out of that neighborhood, yeah. that, 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 that tract, if you will, but it's close enough where a lot of those kids from those neighborhoods are going to be pulled into Cardinal stretch, but they also want a very diverse school. So they're looking at some private payers. Really, if you look at the schools that really crushed it in the voucher program, there's schools like Marquette, DSHA, 
um, schools that have a blend of private payers and voucher students because mm-hmm. that that mix of uh, different families is very, very good for everybody. It is. And so they're trying to move in that direction from a very economically diverse, racially diverse campus. And money into the construction as well. The construction companies are going to... Good for the economy. Uh, construction companies love projects like this, no doubt. Uh, staying on education, a very interesting survey, in a Forbes story on how half of college grads are underemployed. Let's start with a foundational question. What does underemployed mean? Well, underemployed means essentially these young adults graduated college and they graduated a certain degree and they feel as if they're not using their degree for what they're doing. And so that's a problem, right? Because when you look at surveys, it's actually a precipitous drop in young adults that say college is worth it. A decade ago, 74% of young adults said, yes, college is worth it. That's down to 41%. Wow. So this is a major issue. And what's happening is a lot of colleges, universities, and this is changing. I think there's a lot of good momentum on this in the right direction, Southeast Wisconsin. But it was, oh, you do you. You go to college. You find your interest. And <laughs> and you'll, you'll be able to pay it off with your first job that you make $10 an hour at. Exactly. And a lot of that's uh, a problem because these, these young adults are studying what interests them, but it's not necessarily a market for them on the back end. So there has to be a better, and we do a lot of this at MAC, there has to be a better integration of like what the market is and what the jobs are. And you could still be you. You could still, You're right, right. You could, you, know, you could be an architect, you could be an artist, and you could be an engineer. There's mm-hmm. a world for that. And I could give you all sorts of different Venn diagrams of different skill sets and different uh, studies. But there has to be more of a connection for our students leaving high school, going into universities, as far as like, okay, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And, you know, buyer beware. Sometimes these programs are selling you on something there's not a market for. Dale Coinka is with us. So, Dale, it's interesting because to big headlines, places like Walmart and IBM and others said, we're not even going to require a four-year degree anymore. But now young people are finding out that there are lots of jobs and lots of companies that still do require a four-year degree to get in the door. So it's a balancing act. Yeah, they do require a four-year degree. They don't require that four-year degree be applicable. But right. a lot of companies, when they're sifting out talent, they have to have certain filters. And one of those filters is, do you have a bachelor's degree? And it doesn't matter what that bachelor's degree is and necessarily. It could be in basket weaving, but they want to know you have a degree. But Walmart's a great example. Walmart has warehouse. I mean, Walmart has regional managers with sometimes they don't even have a college degree, but a four-year bachelor's degree that are making over $200,000 a year. So, I mean, what we'd say in the military, right time, right place, right uniform. If you're right time, right place, right uniform, you work hard, you have a good attitude. Companies like that, you can still make some really, really good money. Wow. Also, Switching gears, a state legislature, they cleared the way for vehicle charging networks. What's interesting was my last report on TMJ4 News last Friday was the auto show. We were looking at electric vehicles. And as of last year, the latest numbers, there was less than five, a little over 500 charging stations statewide. And according to analysts, that's not good enough. So I think that this might help. It will help. I mean, one of the things that really propelled the auto industry was the 1950s, the Dwight Eisenhower interstate system. We need that for vehicle charging because we have a particular problem here in Wisconsin that places like California and the southern part of the U.S. does not have. And that is they could get away with less charging stations because the cold weather is especially hard on the EVs. And there was actually stories out of Chicago of people about choking each other out. Because yeah. in that cold snap we had, they couldn't get enough power to their car, so they were stranded. So, I interviewed someone with Car Trader at the auto show, yeah. and he told me in really bad cold snaps, the length of the battery can go down by 30%. 
Yeah, it's a significant issue. So if you have a colder state like Wisconsin, you need actually a more extensive vehicle charging network. And so it's good to see the legislature is putting forth a plan that is going to encourage investment in a private sector plan. This is not taxpayer money, a private sector plan to encourage this network to grow out. We were trying, we were testing on TMJ4 News about a, maybe two years ago. Could we make it across the state and back? And it was, it was a little tough. Did you personally try it? No, it was, uh, it was one of our I-team tried it. But in the Northwoods, there's not even charging stations. Some counties literally don't have a charging station. Mm-hmm. You had to like cut out the floorboard and do a Freddie Flintstone exactly. on that? Yep. Real yabba-dabba-doo. Yeah. <laughs> For devil's advocate, the car trader expert that I spoke to last Friday told me, he said, how, how far is your commute? And I said, maybe less than 15 minutes. He says, you're fine. You yeah, will, but, you'll only but, have to charge. But what maybe. if you want to go on vacation? Oh, forget What if you want to... You know, go to Louisville. You can't do it, or it's a big hassle. Yeah, I, I and these are obviously families that are you know upper middle class or above. But yeah. a lot of families I know with EVs, they have the three vehicles because you know both parents have it, and then you have a third car. It's just like that is the long trip car or the it's negative ten degree car. But to your point, a lot of families that's just not practical. It's not practical, and so it, and it's just the there's still. I mean, this is eighty technology, right? It takes a while to come to you. I don't think the growth in the EV market was as fast as some people expected, but it's still the fastest growing part of the auto market. It's going to be part of our future. But um, in order to be part of our future, you have that network. And so the legislature and the governor look like they're going to support that. Dale Coinga is president of the Metropolitan Milwaukee Association of Commerce. Always great perspective, Dale. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you.